I'm so thirsty. Hmm. Weird. Like I, I need to guzzle a bunch of water. You want to get some water? Are you okay? No, I'm okay. I mean, I knew you were thirsty. <laughs> Dang. Dang it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends, us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hey, friends. Hello, and welcome to episode 22. Today, we are talking about natural disasters, and a slight disclaimer that this may not be as, like, uplifting and encouraging as some of our guests try to be. I don't think you could keep me from being uplifting. Okay. (laughs) Sure. But you can try. We can try. No, I mean, I think we'll still bring our usual amount of... uh, levity to the situation <laughs> but it natural is kind disasters of, but it's a it is something I, we wanted to talk about because it's something we've been talking about a lot amongst the two of us and that's it's kind of this podcast is we bring you guys into our little sunday night conversations so that's kind of what we plan to do uh sometimes we're not as uh you know i guess upbeat as we often are <laughs> sometimes the world is burning Sometimes your favorite places are burning down. Yeah. But first, Clay, what are we drinking tonight? Ah, this is probably the best beer that we tried at Valdez Brewing Company. Yeah, we went there last night. Uh, This is a salted chocolate porter. I bet you can guess which one of the two of us ordered this one. It was me. Yeah, it was you. I'm the porter bitch. (laughs) It's you. It's really good. Yeah, actually, it was. I liked their other beers but like this one was by far like the the standy outiest yeah the ginger one you had was really good it was almost too gingery which is unusual mm-hmm. like a lot of times things with that kind of a flavor i feel like yeah they're not that, enough mm-hmm. that was unusual definitely yeah. i thought it was pretty good uh the kids had a pog soda that was really good yes that was actually my second favorite beer yeah. there <laughs> the soda. Yes, it was um, great. So quick review on the brewery itself. It's dog friendly, even inside, which is really nice because it rains constantly in Valdez, which is where we are. Yeah, it's like one of the yeah. wettest places, um, right? Yeah. it's Well, it's one of the snowiest in Alaska, so it's probably also one of the rainiest. It's beautiful. Um, yep. And kind of because it's rainy and misty, it's beautiful. It was nice to not have to sit outside with the dog. So we brought him in. He did really well. Um, we're working on training All things about considered. being calm and stuff. It was really loud in there and the music was up a little loud and uh it had more of a coffee shop vibe than a brewery vibe which i guess is fine the lighting was just so bright it had like grocery store lighting yeah and it had like high top tables mostly yeah, it was just and not there were like when we got in there there were the people vibe. like sitting there on their computers like working yeah it, it definitely wasn't... felt very like friday afternoon was it friday no yeah no yes yes yeah was. friday afternoon no we went on shop. saturday Oh, what day is it again? We got into town on Friday, but we didn't do anything. <laughs> That's right. It was Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Saturday afternoon coffee shop. Yeah. Not Saturday happy hour brewery. Yeah. It when was we just first got there, of, it kind of morphed slowly. Yeah, it did. And a lot of people wanted to pet the dog, and that was always a good conversation starter. And it was, like, mostly really nice. It's just, it, I don't know. It was a little off to me. The lighting was really off. Well, I think always it- I hate it, having to sit inside. It throws us off when we try and get food, and then we- 
just can't yeah. get anything for our youngest. Yeah. Who has a food allergy. So. Right. And it, which oftentimes is not a problem. Um, because there's usually something. Yeah. We couldn't find anything. Well, there's, but, so there's a food truck there and there's other food trucks around. Mm-hmm. The but, food truck we had was really good. But. It was. It was, you know, it was like Cajun yeah. food slash. Valdez has some fucking food trucks. They do have a lot of food trucks here. And like, I don't know, the restaurant we went to tonight was like fine. Sorry. But there were a lot of others that if we were staying here longer and we had unlimited we'll funds, I would we'll definitely try, try more. more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're bougie this week. We're RV parking it. Yeah, so talk about that, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie has reached the phone-it-in portion of the trip. No, part of it. I feel like this has happened every trip. after every, every uh, trip. like at the end of every like long stretch of travel that we've yes. done. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I can't anymore. Let's just go to the RV park. No, part <laughs> of it is what started us on this downward spiral. Downward? <laughs> I don't know. From, your, from someone's perspective, it might be upward. Is that we already blew our budget and I just stopped caring. Um, (laughs) Part of it was that we were in places where their RV parks got a little bit more affordable. So our threshold is like a certain budget and Mm -hmm. we don't stay there if it's more than that. And so uh, a lot of places were just off limits. Um, We also really like boondocking and dry camping. Um, But we were in some places where, so we'll go back and talk about this a little bit more, but we were doing a glacier hike last week and we wanted to make sure we had a guaranteed spot and there was an State park, we had been looking at staying at there, mm-hmm. but we weren't sure with trees if our Starlink would work, and we weren't sure about cell signal, and we also weren't sure if we would get a spot. There yeah. were only like nine spots and only a couple we fit in. Mm-hmm. So, and some of the boondocking around there was uh, questionable for a rig, and so, or like not necessarily somewhere we'd want to like leave the rig. We might want to stay there, but then there wasn't like parking for the RV, for an RV of our size at the um, glacier hike guide place so we decided to book an rv park there for a few nights right there by the by the place yeah where the we grand were. view right yeah it was really nice it was across from this mountain that had a bunch of doll sheep um you had a view of the glacier from like a little hike out the back of where we were staying mm-hmm. and we went on a, that hike like every morning yeah it was really frankie. nice frankie loved it yeah it was you know kind of like most rv parks around here are like a little tight a little um, kind of could use some work. Could use it reminded me of Baja. Yeah, where... except the electric worked. Well, that's true. <laughs> and then, but there was like a restaurant there, and the showers were fine. Yeah, I didn't take a shower at that one. Yeah, it was fine. The shower in La Poma was fine. Mm. Yeah, this was not as nice as that probably. <laughs> Oh. oh really? I mean, it's not like well, that I had was to nice. pay three dollars for eight minutes, and then yeah, oh, anyway. that sucks. Anyway, it was it was a fine place. The people were really, really nice, um, mm-hmm. and the food at the restaurant there was actually really good. And that's what reminded me of Baja. Yeah, so there's like a little restaurant right there. We had a pizza. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. Like, so this place has like I think they've had pizza for forever. I'm not sure, but yeah, it seems like they it. also have a bunch of Asian food. Yeah. That's really good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so we got like dumplings and wontons. And oh my god, they are so good. Hawaiian I love the wontons. Yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah, I thought the wontons were super, super good. I don't know if it was because I gave them a good tip or what, but it seemed like they gave us an <laughs> like extra, extra dumpling and like yeah, tons and tons of toppings on the pizza. They were really nice. We liked the little hike from the place. It was like quiet. It was nice. 
good vibes. Mm-hmm. People, other people staying there were really nice. We had a hard, we had a problem with our RV when we got there. It ended up being not too big a deal, but like two different people came over to help. Yeah. Well, it was just the hitch on the Airstream is kind of weird. Where like usually with a travel trailer hitch, uh, you would just like put it on and then you have like a pin that you put through to make sure it's locked on. Yeah, the Airstream hitch just like kind of locks on itself. It doesn't have a pin you put through it. This really weirded me out when we first got it because I was like, is it going to pop off? No, it like locks itself on. But then like as long as you take enough weight off of it. It pops off. Off of the off of the hitch you know then you can unlock it and it it comes off but Mm -hmm. sometimes that means you have to pull the truck forward a little before you can get it off and this time it was just not coming off no matter what we did we kind of juggled the truck back and forth yeah until we (laughs) went back and forth a couple times and finally got it but uh yeah i think it was getting a little uh rusty rusty in there so greased it up and it seems to be back to the same old same old same time we discovered that our tires need replaced yeah, we kind of noticed that a little bit before when we were yeah. over at the dump station. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they're not completely dead yet. But no, like but we two don't of wanna... the four have some pretty bad wear on the inside. So we think we might have an alignment issue. Yeah. Not much we can we do about know. it right now. Yeah. Um, um, they have like 30, no, 20,000 miles on them probably. Yeah. Would like to get some more miles out of them. We could probably try and squeeze more, but also... If we, we were like, in the lower 48, I would squeeze more out of them. Yeah. But I just don't feel good about... Like, we're in a spot now where we can order them, get them put on, mm-hmm. get the right tires that we like, that we want. You're going to have to buy new ones in the next six months anyway. Yep. Just get it, be done with it for a while. Uh, the, the amount we drive, we buy tires like pretty much every year. Yeah, it's just tough to swallow right now, but yeah. like it is what it is. <laughs> They're not cheap. Right. They're not that expensive. I mean, like. It's a lot more expensive to have a tire blow and ruin your trailer. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that so would be We're avoiding worse. that. <laughs> I think we're maybe a little more cautious than most people on yeah. this front, but that has. Served us well. Served us well, other than maybe we spend more money on tires than we absolutely need to but like yeah better safe than sorry i just think when we're headed you know we've got 3500 miles plus to cover over Mm -hmm. the next month like gosh wow that's a lot Uh (laughs) oh man we've got about a month to get from so we're almost done with our time in alaska we'll back up we've we're all over the place today uh (laughs) we're almost done with our time in alaska Mm -hmm. next week we leave on monday Mm -hmm. um so by the time this comes out We'll be leaving the next day. So we yep. have the Noah Khan concert on Sunday, which I don't think we've talked about yet, but we're very excited about. And then we leave the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, we start our trek back the next day. Yep. We won't make it out of Alaska for a couple of days. Yeah, next time we record, we'll probably already be on the way out. We'll be on our way. Yeah, we'll be kind of like back around Matt and Eska again. <laughs> gone mm-hmm. back and forth. <laughs> we've gone back and forth a couple of times. So yeah, we've got a month basically from when we leave to when we're getting to Iowa. Um, we've got a lot of fun things planned, but a lot of driving to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some fun things on the Alcan that we didn't see cause we didn't really take the Alcan up. So we're excited about that. Uh, we, we are, are not springs anyone. The sign forest. And all sign that forest. Stuff. Absolutely. And we're hoping to do, um, we have a couple of nights scheduled in Jasper and Banff and we know we're not going to get to see too much of those parks, but we're getting kind of like a taste of them. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, some time we've had an oil change in white horse Woohoo. Uh, some white other horses ma- where everyone does all their chores yeah chores there and then we're kind of like on our way 
and we're hopefully going to do Glacier if the wildfires aren't too bad. Yeah. And then we're going to mm-hmm. um, kind of work our way down to Iowa where we'll be for like a month before we have some other massive drives to do before we get to our winter spot. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot of driving ahead of us and not a lot of time to get stuff done. So this week getting the tires on makes a lot of sense. It does. No, it makes complete sense. But like, okay, Alaska's been great. Oh my God, yes. Our last like big thing that was on our list Yes. was this glacier hike. Yes, it was. It was So we went out with Micah Guides or Mika. I don't, I've heard it said of both ways, but M-I-C-A. Mm-hmm guides you can't go so you i think you you can drive up to matanesca glacier but you have to pay to get on the private property Mm -hmm. that is like right ahead of the glacier and you used to be able to go out by yourself i think but now you have to pay a guide i don't know it's odd um we had to pay a guide and pay the access fee which we didn't quite understand when we booked it was not cheap not Um, cheap at all not cheap at all (laughs) But this is one of the big things for us for this summer. So it was worth it to us to go like walk on a glacier. And I think it was great. I think I was really pleased with our guide. I think oh, for sure. they have an age limit on the regular tours. Um, and I understand it. Uh, we we had to do a private tour to have. You can do age six and up um, with the private tours. So they go more at the speed of whatever your group wants to do. We went out to an ice cave, which was, was really, cool. really cool. We so, saw so cool. waterfalls and we saw all this cool stuff. Learned a lot about the glacier. Saw the ice falls, which was really, really neat. Overall, like a really interesting experience to be like walking on a glacier. Um, they provide the crampons and everything and the helmets and keep everybody safe. So I think it was, you know, a really cool experience. Yeah, I loved it. It was a little bit like... I was constantly worried about our youngest because she was not <laughs> listening the greatest. Yeah. She wanted to run everywhere. And it's just like, it's, you're on a glacier. There's huge crevasses. Like, you're, that's not safe. And part of it was, I think anyway, she was like super excited about it. I think so too. Yeah, she loves snow and ice. And, and like the way in the moraine, like the mud. There, oh, like some of the, the mud, mud was, was really like, fun. Yeah. She, what did she call it? Like ooblack? Yeah, it's like that cornstarch stuff that you make with the cornstarch and water had that Where kind of consistency. Like, it was like quicksand. Yeah, it's like liquid, but yeah. if you if you like punch it, it like it's it feels solid. But if you like stand on it for too like long, you kind of sink in. You sink into it out. and then you can't get out. Yeah, we had to like pry her out. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> it was cool. I um I thought we learned a I learned a lot. I thought the weather was really nice. Again, we had really good we lucked into good weather again. For one of our adventures, we had good weather for like everything. Yeah. And then we were, then our luck ran out. It's been raining for like five days straight. <laughs> it's just how we were meant to see Valdez. <laughs> it reminds me a lot, actually. Of Stuart. We're skipping back to Valdez. But, yeah, that's where we are now. Um, uh, Yeah, of Stuart, BC. Uh-huh. And I think we had rainy weather there, so we that did. might be part of it. No, but the mountains are very similar. It's like these green yeah. mountains that just kind of come out of nowhere and go just straight like into right the ocean. Just like right next to you, just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, the waterfalls on the way in here. Oh my gosh, yeah. Bridal Veil Falls. Amazing. Uh, yeah, just another like right one too where it's like, yeah. oh, it's worth the drive even if you're not staying in town. Yes, I, I felt agree. the same way about Stuart. So yeah, we stayed. So I had initially planned a couple nights at the KOA. So... Going back to like, why are we RV parking right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had initially planned a couple nights at the KOA here, which is a little bit outside of town. 
and thought we might move into this other campground that's kind of like whatever valleys used to have this amazing boondocking so if you watch youtube videos and stuff from like five years ago mm-hmm. people would go camp out there's this we haven't been out there yet we're gonna get there, out there tomorrow there's this big lake with a glacier in the middle of it it's really cool near here and people used to just go park out there's all this gravel out there and you just go park out there and then camp out there Mm -hmm. and i was so looking forward to camping out there that's like one of the things on my alaska list and valdez is one of these areas that is shut down all overnight parking and boondocking like anywhere within the vicinity of the city which that's like not been super common on this entire trip no but places like homer and seward are like that so it makes sense. Yeah, I suppose. But Seward has a ton of RV parking, uh, like RV city-owned RV camping. Yeah. So anyway, I had really, really been looking forward to that. That wasn't an option. I was looking into other things, and I was like, well, we have KOA points. I can get us a spot there. Like, we can do showers and laundry and stuff. I, at that point, yeah. I hadn't been planning on us also spending some time at this other RV park. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> then we got an RV park mode. We stayed a night at a pull-off on the in between, mm-hmm. uh, and then now we did the KOA for a couple nights. We were gonna maybe head back up north, but we decided that we wanted to stay in Valdez a little bit longer since it had been rainy. We decided to come into town to one of the in-town RV parks that's not too terribly expensive because it's just nice to be on hookups when it's gross outside. Well, um, and we wanted to like walk around town tonight. Yeah, we wanted to walk around town, and you can you can take better advantage of like the breaks in the rain when you're right there. Mm-hmm. So we did. We went to the Fat Mermaid for dinner tonight, which was okay. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah, it was fun. You know, tourist town place. Uh Uh-huh. But it was fun to walk around. We walked Frankie around a bit after that. And yeah, it's cute. It's a cute town. If you want to do food trucks, there are food trucks everywhere. Yeah, I think the food trucks might have been the... The choice. The better choice. I don't know. The one Um, we had last night was just like, okay, though. I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Uh, I mean, I didn't like that they couldn't tell us whether there was anything for our youngest. Yeah, it was, it was all right. It was pretty good. Um, but I really liked the. Yeah, we had like these waffle loaded, fried. Loaded waffle fried. Brisket. No, not brisket. Sorry, situation that we ate. That was amazingly delicious. That was really good. I liked that a lot. Yeah. We had a good time so far in Valdez and we leave either tomorrow night or Tuesday morning. Um, and then we'll be in Palmer doing, well, on our way to Palmer, I think we're going to check out the visitor center at Wrangell St. Elias National Park. Yes. Do like a tiny little hike there. Uh, and then we'll kind of camp along the way a couple nights and then we'll end up in Palmer for a few nights. We'll be there. Um, well, I guess for until, the state fair. for the state fair. Yeah. So we have yeah. reservations at the state fair for like RV parking there for a few nights. Um, but we're doing some errands, some like haircuts and tires for the rig and yep. a vet appointment for Frankie and all that kind of stuff, getting all that taken care of before we hit the road. Yep. So, uh, yeah, kind and, of coming I mean, to the Palmer's end of the Alaska like, time. It's like just outside of Anchorage. Yeah. So it's sub- suburbia, but like yeah. kind of like rural sub- suburb like feeling. Nothing like, feels like nothing in Alaska to me, even Anchorage and Fairbanks haven't felt like too overdeveloped. Yeah, that's fair. Like I mean, Anchorage feels like a city. It's a city, but it's not like, I don't know. It didn't feel claustrophobic to me, at least not the yeah. parts we saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. There's always mountains. You can always see mountains. Everywhere. Everywhere. You can yeah. always see mountains. There, so. uh, there was like one spot. 
<laughs> like before Denali or after yeah. Denali? Yeah, no, not before Denali. Denali. Around Denali is amazing. Yeah. It's mostly beautiful. Like it, There was somewhere where we were where it was like, oh, we're not seeing the mountains tonight. Oh, it's kind of boring now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of the time it's amazing. Yeah, it is ridiculously beautiful. That's kind of where we are, what we're drinking, what we're up to. Oh, and our water heater broke. Oh, yeah. There was that, too. It's never been good on the Airstream. Never. Um, but this Gerard uh, water heater, this is RV specifics. Sorry for our non-RVer <laughs> listeners. We have an on-demand water heater, which is not great if you boondock. Which and means this one's not great no matter what. And it's not good anyway, even when we're on hookups. It worked in Palm Springs. That's the only place it's ever really worked. And um, I think the water there was just, just warm, warm coming in. It never heats the water more than like 30 degrees. So when your water is like 60 degrees, you get 90 degree showers, which is fine, but it's, not nice. Yeah. Um, And in a rig that costs as much as our house did, like it would be nice to, to have a hot shower. And yeah. so we've had problems with it from the get go. And I don't know if we've had this problem forever and we just didn't notice it until it got worse. No way. Well, oh, maybe it got worse. Yeah. We noticed uh, when we were camped in that pull-off, I turned on the water pump, and it took a while. It kind of came to pressure, and then it was, like, still running every once in a while, um, which means you have a leak somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, well, it's not doing it a ton. Maybe it's just we're tilted weird. Maybe we just having a hard time maintaining pressure. So then we it came on again when we moved into the KOA, and I was like, damn it. And then we went and looked, and well, you were outside. Yeah. Clay was outside, and, it, like, there was water dripping out of the water heater and we looked in there and found a little pinhole leak in one of the pipes so you found it yeah yeah it it uh i mean we need to stop by the hardware store i think we i can think get we can some, band-aid it yeah some special tape that we can kind of seal but it it's up gonna with be for now in the ass. but uh but yeah that's you know the joys of a lifestyle yeah this is continuing our <laughs> segment from episode two or something of, uh, what what's broken when. this week what's broken this week Honestly, we've had like it's been nice because nothing has been broken until now. It has, I mean, like knock on all of the wood in the rig, but yeah, I mean, we've had a pretty good string. I mean, after that initial like broken window in Baja, yeah, a pretty good string of travel with the trailer with nothing major breaking. No, some little minor things we have to fix once in a while, but yeah, nothing major at all, except now that we have no water heater. But yeah, I mean. What's broken this week? Like, I think a a lot of stuff Ugh. everywhere is a lot worse than what we've got going on with the Yeah, rig. yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about that in the letter a bit. But our hearts really go out to Maui. Yeah, man. That is a really, really scary, scary thing. Yeah. All that kind of brings, like, like climate change and stuff really forefront. It does. I just can't, like, I can't imagine being there and all of a sudden getting woken up in the middle of the night and i mean like obviously maui's not the only place that has wildfires and there have been people all over no but for like canada and california and all these other places right right. right, where Mm -hmm. you know all of a sudden you're woken up in the middle of the night and you have to get out now yeah and that's uh, i can't imagine how scary that is yeah i i mean i hope that's just never us but i guess our house moves Right, well, and sometimes I think we should always have a moving house for these reasons, but <laughs> but yeah, well, I'll read the letter, and then we can talk a bit about kind of like what we've been talking about lately, um, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Sounds good. Reading the letter. Dear friend, today I am not writing something very encouraging. I apologize in advance. Sometimes things just are what they are. Being a nomad makes you hyper aware of weather. We've talked about this a bit before with wind and other things, but in general, we are constantly reevaluating where we will drive, when we will drive, and where we should camp based on weather and, increasingly, catastrophic weather events. You can't really deny climate change when you are planning your life around it. When you are paying attention to the weather across the country, you notice that once every 500-year unprecedented events are happening all over, and with increasing frequency. Things have changed even in the three years we've been on the road. The number of places one could comfortably spend a summer, or heck, a winter, dwindling each year. It's scary and rapid. People who live in especially exposed areas pay extremely high rates or are unable to even obtain home insurance. Weather events that are occurring are so extreme that in some cases people wouldn't have even qualified for the needed type of insurance to begin with. When we lived in Iowa in 2008, our hometown of Cedar Rapids saw record catastrophic flooding. Much of the flooded area couldn't even have purchased flood insurance if they had wanted to, as it was outside of the insurable floodplain. Seeing that devastation firsthand changed how I view a lot of things. The way the community rallied was amazing, but it was uneven. Not everyone was supported. Many had family and friends to fall back on, and people came through for each other, and it was beautiful. Many had no one and were overlooked for one reason or another. Clay and I lived far from the river and were not in danger of flooding but we drove across the rising river many times a week, shaking our heads and hoping it would stop. Each time a storm rolled in, I would watch it from our apartment deck and cry and ask why. Watching my town, my home for over 10 years, sink slowly underwater was heartbreaking in a way that I think too many people today understand. When the worst of it hit, we volunteered in any way we could, working second shifts after our day jobs. I have severe allergies and a sensitivity to mold and was unable to do the physical work of ripping out flooded materials from houses, so I helped at a Red Cross shelter, checking people in and at a warehouse, helping organize and manage incoming supplies. The help we could offer felt so small in the face of so many people losing so much. Today, as of this writing, Maui is burning. We have been lucky enough to travel to Maui twice and had a third trip planned for this January. Clay's parents have traveled to Maui on multiple occasions. Its unique mix of natural beauty, restaurants, attractions, and friendly people, something that causes them to return year after year. As they've shown us the island, we too have fallen in love. Who wouldn't? It's hard to imagine a more perfect place. Never in a million years would I have considered wildfire a risk there, especially not to the degree and speed it is occurring. Today, Clay and I also have been discussing the practicality of actually settling down of acquiring property, of putting down roots again. It seems so tenuous to think that any one spot would still be standing five or ten years from now. I think we live in a way that is already adapted to this new reality, and it feels odd to go back. It's not that we won't, but it certainly plays into our decision-making in a way I wouldn't have predicted. 
Between the climate crisis, the ridiculous housing prices, and the climbing interest rates, the threshold for re-entering, quote, normal life is higher and higher with each passing year. If you add to that, that many of the most affordable places to settle are enacting policies that feel hostile and regressive, nomadic life seems more and more appealing versus the alternative. During the flood in 2008, I remember it was hard to go to work and to focus. How was I supposed to do that when my town was going underwater? How was everyone okay? I had that feeling many times throughout the pandemic. I had that feeling during the January 6th insurrection. How is everyone just acting normally? How are we not all just staring at the news or the internet or out a window with our mouths open? Do we all have this constant underlying anxiety? How are we all okay? We probably aren't. Large swaths of people keep losing everything and the rest of us just seem to keep our heads down and keep going. I get it. We're just trying to get by. But we have to stop acting like there's nothing we can do. That our actions and fucking votes don't have anything to do with any of this. Because when the unprecedented comes for us, we're going to want to land softly, aren't we? Why does it have to come for you and me before we get it? This doesn't mean we shouldn't find joy in the little things. That we shouldn't enjoy the things and places while we have them. Like everything, there is nuance and balance. But anyone with a compassionate heart has to be at least in some level of constant pain right now too under all of that. It's messy. Human existence is messy. It seems to get messier by the day. My limited amount of encouragement today is to go outside and take a walk if that's safe where you are, to meditate, to laugh with your people, to remind yourself of joy, to be informed, but stop the doom scrolling if you can. I think we can muddle through this together. See you down the road. Jamie. So yeah, I know we uh, before the letter we talked about uh, the fires in Maui. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much um, you, our listener, has been following this, but it uh, it's definitely a story that caught our attention. Lahaina specifically is a town that we've spent a lot of time in. A lot of time in the couple times we've been to yeah. Maui. Um, I guess three times for me and two for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we always kind of stay on the west side over there. Yeah, and it's such a... It was such a like historic and mm-hmm. really cute, fun, yeah. like fun atmosphere. Yeah, like um, all the like when we've taken surf lessons, it's been out of there. When we've done like tours, they've left from there. Yeah, it's just it's like a hub of all that kind of activity. It feels very classic Hawaii. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah, a lot, of, so, a lot of history too. Like it's touristy, but it's also like a lot of like real history is kind of contained in that area. It used to be, it was the capital of the islands when it was the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. There's a big, uh, you can see what well, you could see. There was a big plaque about King Kamehameha, mm-hmm. you know, before who was, I think, the the second I think was the final monarch of Hawaii before uh, it became part of the U.S. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of like fraught history there. Yeah, I feel and I always feel that when we go to places like Hawaii or even Alaska, where 
man, I mean, it's very apparent that, like, all of the U.S. is stolen land, obviously, but, like, you feel it more, I think, in the more recent or remote states. Mm-hmm. Man, so, there, like, so much of what we want to talk about today is there's just this, like, balance of things, and, like, we don't know the right answers, and we kind of muddle through. Yeah, for sure. Of, like, wanting to really appreciate these places, but understanding that we don't own them or necessarily even belong in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the travel gives you a sense of appreciation and uh, emotional connection to places that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, and I think like, especially the way we are able to travel. Yeah. Really, I mean, obviously we aren't living in places and being part of the community long term. Right. But we are for the time that we're in a place and sometimes that's only a few days and sometimes it's weeks and, you know, sometimes like upcoming it'll be months. Mm -hmm. We are participants in the community and we do feel like we live there even if it is on a shorter term basis than some right yeah like we are finding the grocery store and Mm -hmm. stocking our fridge and even last time we went to maui Mm -hmm. um and cooking and doing our laundry and figuring out where to take our garbage and all all the like chores of the of life you know that aren't just like the glamorous touristy things like are parts of our travel and being somewhere um yeah I think it's easy to look at travel as just consumption and not giving back. Yeah, we try to, like, when we go out, visit local places and yeah, that sort of thing. Definitely. It's all, it's all really, really complex. And, and back to Maui, um, obviously, like, anyone who sees that devastation should be upset and heartbroken yeah. or the people of Maui and especially Lahaina. It's awful. But having been there, I think it gives you like a whole other like level of like heartbreak because you've seen the joy of that area and like the mm-hmm. the kind of beauty of it. And man, it's so tough. Like I don't I hope one day we can go back to the island because it's so magnificent like it's just so beautiful Haleakala, like all of it it's it's got so much geographic like so much um biodiversity within this small and climate diversity within this small area and to be yeah. able to drive from like one thing to another it's just this really unique experience yeah for sure and it's like but like so many tourist areas and like so many places like outside of national parks and things like that it's got this huge issue with like too many people too right (laughs) it's like how do you not be part of the problem it's complicated right yeah but also like their economy relies on tourism which it's just a whole thing Mm -hmm. um so i don't i'm not we're not gonna ever purport to have all the answers about any of this stuff but all i know now is that we should all donate to maui's recovery i think we're gonna choose maui strong fund yep um and that's what I've linked in the letter. Um, but, you know, as long as it's something that's vetted um, by the people of Maui. Uh, and I, I can tell you that we won't return until we feel like people, not the government or like public officials, but like the people actually want people back. Right. Um, but, yeah, just 
really heartbroken and um yeah thoughts and prayers are weak we need a sense of money <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah and i think um i i don't know i guess maybe someone who's listening might not be up on the news as much oh like um, what actually as happened? we are so like yeah talk i mean about what actually happened yeah I, well, man, I'm not a news reporter. I did. I mean, we did. We were on the all state all state TV news team in high school. We um, did like the special feature or the commercial. Oh, man. <laughs> I was all state TV news. Damn it! <laughs> we still had the one ticket. Anyway, one take ten dollars. What they call me? <laughs> um, no. So what happened is that there were wildfires on Maui, which I. I, for having been there a couple of times, I guess we've never gone this time. No, we've been in July. Mm-hmm. I I guess it's not quite hurricane season in July. Mm-mm. Um, we, I was unaware that wildfires were an issue on Maui. It is, it has been in the past. Brush fires, I just didn't know, but not like to this extent, obviously. Yeah, and I think that is like a normal part of ecosystems. It is, in it a is, lot of it places. is. But part of what happens there, and I didn't know this either, is that hurricanes that don't make landfall can sometimes pass by in a way that they throw off so much wind that it kicks up these fires, right? Mm-hmm. And so parts of the island have been in a, dr- a drought recently. And you couple that with the wind, like these very strong winds from, you know, it's always a little breezy there. You have the trade winds, but right. this is like a whole other thing. Like they're having like 50 and 60 mile an hour winds kind of just constantly coming from this hurricane. Yeah. And so it's like blowing over power lines and stuff, just like extra complicating everything. And I think they think that's what started. A f- so when I was, to my knowledge, and again, like the information is somewhat limited because of the limited resources and the limited uh, power and cell signal and that kind of stuff. And like things are still kind of unfolding. But to my knowledge, there were three fires going um, on Wednesday when this was happening. Uh, the most devastating in terms of human life and property was the one near Lahaina. There's also a fire going in upcountry, which is honestly, I mean, not that any of this matters to any of this, but my favorite part of the island, I love upcountry. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, and just up on the mountain there, there was one near Kihei. But that ended up not hitting Kihei as directly. I think it was just like a neighborhood or two, which is still awful and devastating. Right, just, yeah. Lahaina got just consumed. There's nothing left of Lahaina. I mean, it's like... All the boats in the harbor. All of it. It's just gone. Yeah. And it, it's so mind-boggling to think about having stood there. Like, it was just a, there was so much. Like, it's not a tiny place. And all the homes and... Like everything, it's not just the historic downtown. It's literally right. the whole town. Yeah, um, it's just gone. Yeah, which is unbelievable. The devastation is just shocking. The death toll keeps climbing. Um, Last I heard, it was at least eighty people. Yeah, it's getting close to a hundred now. Yeah, I mean the worst in terms of of that, like the worst wildfire that the U.S. I think has seen in modern history. Wow. Um, it's, it's just unbelievable. And I don't know, I think in a lot of places it's gotten a lot of play. I don't, I don't watch the news really, so I don't know. Um, but I think in a lot of like websites and stuff, it wasn't like necessarily a headline, like the top headline for very long. And it's, it really deserves to be because 
I mean, the loss of livelihood and loss of homes, loss of just the massive amount of devastation and the loss of lives. And it feels a little bit like when Puerto Rico had the big hurricane. I can't think of the name of the hurricane. Um, and so much got wiped out. And it's just like, I think in the lower 48, sometimes we can be so inwardly focused yeah, that those things true. feel far away. Mm-hmm. And and uh, maybe we're just inundated with so many different natural disasters. I mean, like the whole Northeast was flooding. Like, well, yeah, week we've had that. like... The fires. The fires have been everywhere. There's bad like, Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, especially it's, in Canada this year and all the smoke that oh that sent God. to the central the, and eastern But what US. happened in Maui and is yeah. happening is so much worse. And yeah. you add to it being on an island and you're cut off from resources and you're right. limited so much on resources that it's just going to take a really long time to recover. Yeah. In a way that wouldn't be necessarily the case if you weren't on an island and so remote and kind of far away from a lot of things. And it's just, it's an awful mess. Awful, awful, awful. And the, the economy was just kind of recovering from COVID finally. And it was right. going to be a really good year in terms of that kind of stuff. And just, yeah, really sad. Really, really, really sad. So many people lived in that area. It wasn't just a tourist area. Oh, like, for sure. Um, it's just really, really sad. And I don't have much else to say about that other than uh, donate if you can. Yep. Um, we're, I can't imagine that we're not going to cancel our trip there in January. can't imagine they're going to want to yeah, meet we any a, visitors there. We had a trip planned. We had uh, just booked it yeah. pretty recently. Yeah. Been able to use points and stuff to. Yeah, we were gonna get a camper van for part of it to book um, a trip there for we'll, this winter. We'll, if we can say salvage some of the points with the airline and stuff, we can maybe we'll pivot to a different island or somewhere on the lower forty-eight. But yeah, um, if not, oh well. <laughs> like there's yeah. more important things for sure. Right. And it's such a beautiful place, but such a place where there's such a dichotomy of like overuse but also like meeting like and it is like one of those places where like people buying rental properties has really driven up the value of houses Mm -hmm. and caused problems for locals in terms of places to live and it's yeah things like this are very complex yep yeah i think you talked about this a little in the letter like uh when we see things like this in Maui, when we see natural disasters like you talked about in the Northeast with the floods and yeah, everything else that just seems to be like more and more common because of climate change. Yeah. Like it's impossible to ignore that. Right. I think about even like a couple of years ago, we were back in normal um, right when we were getting ready to sell our house that summer. And a place with no bodies of water flooded mm-hmm. because we got like 17 inches of rain over the course of like two days yeah, or two weekends. It was like 11 of inches flooding. of rain, 11 inches of rain one weekend yeah, and seven inches of rain the next weekend. And that's not 
a thing that happens there. It was like record setting both. Well, there's, I mean, yeah, there, there are cities that are built now are having to put in larger storm drain systems, storm sewer systems. Power grids that aren't meant to handle like air conditioning because that place never needed air conditioning before. Exactly. Yep. Looking like, like, I mean, I grew up outside of Seattle, like Mm -hmm. across the sound and like, air conditioning wasn't a thing anyone had in their house. We got a heat wave one year for like a week where it got above 90 for a week and we thought we were all dying. Like They've was... had weeks in the hundreds for the last several summers in the Seattle area. Right. Yeah. right. Which doesn't sound that bad when you're from a place that has that, but like when you're from a place that's not built for that. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have air conditioning, it's it can be fatal. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, it's brutal. It's really, really brutal. And it's changed. It feels to me like it's changed so much over the last like few years even. I think the pace of change seems to be accelerating. I, I don't I, know if we're just more aware of it. Or that could be too. If, I think, yeah, like you, you, you mentioned this in the letter too. Like we're very hyper aware of the weather. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to be, right? Right. But I mean, I, I don't think it's just us. Like no. I listen to a lot of news podcasts and this is a topic like, at least once a week. Yeah. Um, we like it's stuff that's never supposed to happen very often. That's ha- oh god, we didn't even talk about so talking back back about a, about Cedar Rapids like a, a, two or three years ago the derecho. That's true. Like yeah, so that's uh, a derecho is like an inland hurricane. Yeah, just super high, straight line winds that took down a bunch of trees and a lot of of houses and property and i think i can't remember if there were any fatalities in that one in iowa but um yeah it was it was bad news and i think there have been at least one or two of those in the midwest uh this last year also yeah and it's like that was nothing that i remember anyway when we were growing up no i mean i think once in a while you'd hear about straight line winds and like one place would have gotten hit or something, but that was so massive in mm. scale. It's just the, these things are getting bigger and they're getting uh, more frequent. And as travelers, obviously we're very attuned to the weather and we're like chasing good weather in a lot of ways, right? Like right. we're, we do have that luxury. Yeah. We're like, trying to find something mild most of the time and increasingly it's hard to be in mild weather (laughs) like the weather doesn't do what it used to do like we spent in in our in our winter and spring in california kind of was a a, was that you know it was palm springs was cold and windy and rainy (laughs) yeah (laughs) and yeah and san diego was rainy as hell all winter yeah I mean, it, even when we went to Mexico, it was cold and it shouldn't like colder than it should have been. It was like ten to twenty degrees colder, yeah, than it normally would have been. It and it's just been everywhere has had really unusual, historically unusual weather right. recently, and like the tornado alley has shifted. Like it's a mm-hmm. like it's weird. Yeah, well, yeah, we were. I mean, talk about like what we weren't expecting right we got sunshine and warm weather for most of the pacific northwest 
Yeah. And rained on almost our entire time in California. Right. And some of that is just like anomalies, right? And yeah. like one year is one year. Right. But when you start seeing the same thing over and over again, or you start seeing like things that were super weird happening, like in a pattern, it's concerning, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can't, you start to be like, oh yeah, like I am feeling and seeing and touching climate change. Yep, for sure. And then you have to think about, okay, how am I contributing to this? Yeah, what next? What, what the heck next? do we do like what, about yeah, it? Yeah, like, w- so what, right? Yeah. And I think it's really tough. And again, like, as a traveler, somebody who travels, like, most of the time, like, that's not great for climate change. So it's like, how you do mean, you... like, driving? Driving, yeah. I yeah. mean, flying's a lot worse, but... Yeah. Yeah, driving, like, what does that mean? Like, how do you... How do you square that, like... You know, we say we care about the climate and we sit here driving a giant ass truck that takes diesel fuel. Yeah. Yeah, I struggle with that one. And we drive a lot of miles, right? Yeah. And you know, I think it's complicated. (laughs) It's super effing complicated. Because the the equation of like our life versus our former life, right? Yeah. Is like, well, we use less water by a lot. We sure. use a lot less electricity. We use a lot less. I would say we definitely fuel. use less electricity. Yeah. We use a lot less like heating fuel and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're living in a much smaller space. We live in a much smaller space. And it's we much have more solar. efficient. <laughs> we have, yeah. Yeah, for all sure. That kind of stuff. Um, but we do pull our house around everywhere with a. With a giant ass truck. Big truck that gets about 11 miles to the gallon. Yeah. So, yeah. So we think about that. We talk we talk about electric cars. We talk about uh-huh. I also think that something that's really hard to quantify about our lifestyle now versus before that is a net positive in terms of environmental shit is like that we just don't consume as much stuff. Ah uh, man, when I'm taking the trash out like multiple times in the same Ugh, day, I'm not sure I feel that way. One very small trash can. <laughs> One very small trash can. Yeah. I yeah I understand that, but I think like we don't buy as many clothes, we don't yes. buy yeah. as much stuff. Like we just have less room for and less time for things. Yeah, for sure, less junk. Yeah, um, I know that everything is junk either. We just don't like, but like not buying like a lot of new things is good. Yes, yeah. I mean, like I think you know we were talking about this a little before. We recorded, but, you know, in the past, we've gotten new cars pretty frequently. Yeah. So we were talking about, like, yeah, because backing that up a little bit, we were talking about, like, oh, we want to have an electric truck. I do. I um, I really don't. And I mean, we still have the truck that we still have because we got it because it was the truck that was on the lot and it could pull the fifth wheel when we got it because mm-hmm. we switched from the Subaru to a truck. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, it's a big ass diesel truck and i mean there's part of me that's like ooh, i never felt great about that you know like yeah <laughs> i mean it's more efficient than a gas truck for what we do uh yeah for highway it is for sure um but regardless it's still not good for the environment no no and then part of me <laughs> and we would be much more efficient if we were doing it with an electric my, truck. My little engineer brain is like, okay, but how much more is it like 
and like how much do we have to drive the electric truck where can we charge it what is the fuel that's fueling the electricity that we're charging it with but you're the manufacturer of, of the electric truck is that really better or worse no i agree i agree like i drove a nissan leaf like i understand like i get it but yeah i'm just saying of course it's not like you're not using any fossil fuels to power leaf. your electric car you of course you're using like if yeah if the grid you're plugging into is running fossil, on fossil fuel. fuels then you're using some Right. But it's so much more efficient. We that debate you're not over using nearly we debate, as many. Friends, we debate over this stuff all the time. Like over man, don't even get me started on some recycling processes that are actually net negative for the mm, environment. Yeah. Recy- don't don't talk to me about ethanol. Like <laughs> recycling is pretty much a mess right now. It's it's really hard to like figure out exactly what your impact is and how to do it especially as an individual right when you feel like we need big sweeping governmental and policy and corporate changes but the best thing i think we can do as an individual is like try our best and yeah like be like be intentional be aware yeah be aware of it be intentional about it and think about the areas where we can do better and work towards doing better there's no recycling where we are we Oh, so much recycling shit around with us. Uh, we've done a little less of that lately. <laughs> but yes. Oh, Canada is so good about recycling. Oh my gosh, yes. We, re- we could recycle most, like, literally everywhere in Canada. The most remote parts of the Yukon, I can still recycle. Yep. We didn't have to carry a recycling. Get it together, everywhere. US. Like, what the heck? <laughs> Canada also has litter bins. It, like every pull off on the highway, yeah. and even in like their most remote places, there's a place to throw your trash away. And guess what? So there's, there's less trash along the road. There's no trash all over the place. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot less litter. Oh my gosh, in California. Yeah. And I mean, okay, there's a lot less vegetation in the desert to hide it. Yeah. Okay. Oh but there was so much trash, trash along the road. Even here, like at the pull offs and stuff that don't in have the desert. in the pull offs that don't have trash cans, there's just trash everywhere. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. Yeah. A plus for Canada. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if that's just like the Western provinces and territories. Yeah. We're going to check out Alberta. But yeah. Um, we haven't been out east, though. But I, uh, in the scheme of things, yes, like recycling and, and reducing waste, all that is good. Yeah. And like that makes a difference for the carbon yeah, we're putting out. Yeah, especially if we all do that into the atmosphere it does make a difference for that Mm -hmm. but like you know what was really good it was work from home yeah that was really good that actually had had a huge impact on like smog and stuff right we had like a natural experiment there and oh guess what like that's way better for climate change commuting yeah so this is what i tell myself uh, to make myself feel a little bit better about how much we drive in our truck and this is stupid because it's all fake but i tell myself well it's a lot better than it's all fake well i mean it's all fake in terms of like this isn't our actual alternative. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, well, it's a lot better than having two cars and having an hour-long commute for both of those cars every day. Yeah, but that's like, we were never doing that's that. That's not what we did at all. I rode my bike most of the time when we lived in normal. <laughs> well, and even when we were in Iowa, there was like one year that we did a where we each, commute. oftentimes there were days that we each drove 45 minutes each way from Cedar Rapids to Iowa City to go to school and work. That sucked. But, like, after one school year, we were like, yeah, let's not do this. <laughs> no, then we moved so that I walked to school. Right. Yeah. So I think that's not the alternative we're looking at. 
And uh, I do there's things. no alternative we're looking at right now because everything is so expensive. <laughs> this is what we have. I mean, there's that too. I don't understand interest rates at all. <laughs> Mortgage rates as high as our RV loans. Like, frick, I'll just stay in the RV. Yeah, and so, I mean, man, that struggle is a whole separate struggle that's pretty real right now. I think it all interplays, though. I think it's such an intersectional issue, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. you have, it's like, God, people that want to talk about healthy eating and stuff and don't talk about, like, the socioeconomic things tied up in that. Or Anyway, mm -hmm. <sighs> I could talk for an hour about that. But yeah. the... Maybe we should sometime. Uh, it's so fraught. I have at least one letter about that. Yeah, I wrote about don't tell me about your diets. Mm -hmm. Um but <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we like everyone not everyone is doing the best they can. I will say like especially about climate change, not everyone has like that hat on all the time. But a lot of people are just trying to get by. They're just trying to feed their family. They're just trying to like have a place to live. Mm -hmm. And I think in an economy where you and I, who have the backgrounds we have and the income we have and the ability, like the access that we have are like, well, fuck, we can't afford a house. Like who the fuck can afford a house? Uh, no one, unless you're also selling a house. Like, <laughs> I just, I mean, we could actually, we could figure it out. Like it, it wouldn't be great and it wouldn't be like a place we necessarily want to be but like oh well, we could get a house yes yeah for sure but like there's no question it's just in the places that we're looking and even back home yeah it's just where's home <laughs> normal oh okay just checking i think but it's just the prices have gone up so much and it's just and then with the mortgage rates going up also mm-hmm it just feels wildly impractical. Yeah. If we were like to rebuy the house that we sold a year and a half ago. It would cost us like twice as much a month. A year ago? A, two years ago. Okay, two years ago. Yeah, it would cost way, way more. Yeah. I mean, because mortgage rates are what, like 7% now? <sighs> That's more than double what, what yeah. we had before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the price has gone up too. Yeah. This estimate is on it. Yeah. We... I don't think we shouldn't have sold the house. It was the right thing for us at that time. Um, yeah, I mean, like financially. This estimate, Clay, is 210 now. Are you serious? Yeah, we sold it for 170. Yeah, and we thought ago. that was good. <laughs> that was good. We bought it for 140. Yeah. Or 150. Yeah. We put a lot into it. So hold on, hold on to your houses, people. <laughs> or don't, like, well, that's part of the problem is people are holding on to their houses because who's going to, sell and buy something with like oh i'm gonna yeah. have this i'm gonna have double the payment for the same price of house well that's why i think stuff has to kind of come double, back but... down right too because if like if there's less demand yeah the estimated payment on this from zillow with like a 20 percent down payment is like 1200 dollars. yeah that's more than we were paying by a lot oh by a significant amount wow yeah yeah hmm that's like, and that, that friend is like a decent house in a small town in the middle of Illinois. Yeah, like for that, sure. It's not like a fancy house or a super, super nice house. No, or... and that payment is totally affordable too. I kind of, well, yeah, for, for, us, for us, but yeah. like not for... 
And but like when you're comparing not for a lot that, of people, like that's that's a lot of money. No, I know, but like a lot of you people that are like also wage or listening like even to like that. average wage. Totally, but a lot a lot of people are also listening to that and being like, uh, "I wish my rent was twelve hundred dollars. My rent's twenty five hundred dollars, and that's like, yeah, a cheap ass apartment. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of we places, were so we were. I was looking at like I was like, oh, we liked living in Ames. When we went to college, like that'd be a fun place to look for a house. I look at houses all over the place because we we constantly are thinking about like, oh, maybe we'll settle down. Yeah, always what's somewhere. next. Or like, yeah. you know, someday we'll buy a house again somewhere. Like we might sure. still travel a good chunk of the year, but like it'd be good to have a home base. Right. And we, <laughs> I was looking at stuff in Ames. And Ames is a small town. It's like 30-ish miles north of Des Moines. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just a college town. It's mm-hmm. nice. Um, we like it. But all these houses are like, there's only going to be one showing. You have to have your offer in by this. You yeah. No early showings. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are we still doing this in Ames? Like, this is where we're at? Like, so you know that all these houses are going to go above asking. And you're the like, market will cool off. I don't know. I keep, I keep thinking that and it hasn't. Not yet, but it will. Well, all the investors are still buying shit. Like, all the... All the people with a bunch of money from their first houses that they bought in 1970, whatever, are, mm-hmm. like, still buying their second, third, and fourth houses. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I like our van down by the river, okay? I love it. Especially when it's down by the river. <laughs> Especially when it's by the river. But, okay, so, like, part of this is, like, the practicality of, like, is it, does it ever make sense? It will, I think, at some point. But, like, does it ever make sense to, like, buy a house or live in a house again? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure it makes sense to have a house that doesn't have wheels. Sure. <laughs> like all of these d- disasters and things, and all of this stuff going on, and like, where is safe? Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Where Where is safe? Like this is like what we keep trying to talk about, and it's not just like. Well, I think the reality is, and y- you know, like nowhere is safe. No, it's, oh man, it's so freaking complicated because I'm not just talking about like safe in terms of like environment. I'm also talking safe in terms of like, is it safe to be a woman in that state or in that Mm -hmm. place? Like, Mm -hmm. is it, is it safe? (laughs) I I don't know. It's, things are weird. Mm -hmm. Things are weird. They're not all fucked. I don't think, I think we can come back, but oof, things are weird right now. I think I always, <laughs> we have these discussions all the time, like you mentioned. Yeah. And so it's fun to bring people into them. I hope they're having fun. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I always want to like naturally push back on the like, oh, things are worse than they've ever been sentiment. Because I always feel like. It's felt like that know, a lot of times throughout history. And I'm when sure. we were growing up, all you know, you heard grown-ups like oh the world's going to hell in the handbasket you know and then our parents had their parents saying like oh this rock and roll you know (laughs) i think you're so i hate objectively climate change is worse objectively yes like objectively it is just a harder place to live than it was even 10 years ago but i think there's we do have to recognize all of the things that are better too Objectively, we are regressing in a lot of ways, though. Yes. Understood. 
but we have electric cars and we have internet. And and, and they're being used for and, evil. And robots. <laughs> and they're being used for evil. <laughs> I'm not giving Elon Musk my money, Clay. Yeah, you are. Anymore. <laughs> okay, let me know when you go to upload this podcast. It's complicated. It's all complicated. Nothing is easy. Nothing is free. And we are living in the future, and it's amazing, and it's also hard. Yeah. I mean, but, like, we live a pretty fucking charmed life. Oh, 100%. So. Yeah. I mean, least of anyone should we be complaining. Yeah. I, man. Yeah, I don't mean to complain at all. It's much more like, well, if Yeah. If we are having these thoughts and conversations, other people must be too. Yeah, for sure. And if we are noticing how unattainable housing is, other people must be too. Yeah, it's kind of been like a big deal for a little bit. Yeah. It has. It definitely has. It's just, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say with all of this other than, like, things are weird and sometimes you stare out a window with your mouth open for a while and then then you go back to, like... Yeah. No, it's hard. Then you go back to appreciating the things around you because there are so many good things. There are so many wonderful things happening. There are so many good people there's so many things, so many, so much progress has been made in so many ways. Yeah, but it's not to discount, and it's not to say like, oh, well, we have all these good things, so like, you're not allowed to feel pain. Right. Right. So like, I have to, like, yeah, when I have that instinct to think about that, it's like, okay, but, but it's okay that things are hard, and it's okay to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being a human is messy. Mm. Yeah. I like it, though. Mm, like, it like, beats the alternative. I li- Actually, it does. I don't know. I kind of might prefer to be a dog. Okay, fair. But <laughs> I was saying pizza. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Like, man, life is Bear. still so good and beautiful. And people are still kind and beautiful on. Yeah. The large scale, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the things sometimes feel like a lot. And it's okay if things feel like a lot. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you too, listener. Yeah. I think it's okay. Friend. It's okay to not be like all the way there <laughs> all the time because there's a lot to take in. Yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, think about that going into your work week. I guess that's the en- encouragement, if I have any, is to, like, pay me too. Yeah, give yourself a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I spent a long time, like, refreshing the stories about Maui all week. Mm-hmm. Really upset and concerned and, like, having a hard time getting out of that spiral. Um, yeah, it's hard because... I mean, we'll we'll send you, some money, but like, there's right. it's not a significant you, you amount. There's not much we can do. Feel like you can't do anything. Yeah. 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 So, 
Anyway, um, I'll put the link to the Maui Strong Fund in the show notes. Um, donate if you can. Uh, it does help. Money in this world is what makes things happen. So, yep. Um, that's all we can do. Vote until someone tells you. You can vote. Can. Yes. Fucking vote. You can, like, we can try and live better in our own ways and, you know, live more carbon neutral. And, yeah. you know, hopefully if we do it, then we can influence other people to do it as well. And, you know, like, yeah, it feels hopeless. Like, as one person, like, what can I do? But, I don't know. If if we all do something, it will make a difference. And especially if we all agree that we need to, as a culture, as a society, change how we approach things, mm-hmm. we can really make a difference. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that takes getting the people in office who agree with making that a priority. Yeah, I think it's tough too. I mean, I don't we're not a policy podcast. And I don't pretend to know enough about this, but I think it can be tough too because we can get very fired up about everything going a hundred percent toward like away from fossil fuels, for instance, or like mm-hmm. towards the green alternative. And we can lose we knew need wholesale change, but I don't want to throw out good incremental change in the name of wholesale change. For sure. Like, yeah. If we can get some bipartisan stuff through that like makes a small difference, like fucking do it. Like, let's go. Yeah. We can't sacrifice the good for the sake of the perfect. For sure. Um, and I think sometimes we can fall into that trap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's my thought. Well, so, you know, yeah. when I run for office and, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can never. You've got my vote. I can never run for office. I you say that now. <laughs> I couldn't. They wouldn't I let see me. Something in your future. I could never because number one, I worked for private equity and I'm a Democrat, so that's it. Uh yeah, but I mean, like, you don't now. No, and I worked for an insurance <laughs> company. Yeah. In the private, anyway, for the most part. I mean, yeah. It was a farm bureau insurance company. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, I don't know. We don't know the answers. No, I like. We're not going to get to them on this podcast. You're God, not going to no. get to them where you're listening either. But like, maybe we can all do one small no, thing. No, we just wanted to spread the word about Maui and about kind of just, I don't know, talk about like what we've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's hard. It's like we have these discussions a lot and like try to figure things out and there's no easy answers. I don't know, but let's at least try. Yeah, let's at least try. Let's at least try. I can get into that. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. If you want to at least try to get a hold of us, (laughs) (laughs) where can they do that, Jamie? You can find us on Substack. Letters from the road.substar.com. There, you can sign up for if you want to drop your email in. You can sign up to receive our newsletters on Mondays and Fridays, where we send out letters from the road to our friends. And on Wednesdays, if you also want to sign up for Letters from the Road Poetry or Poems from the Road, 
uh, you can sign up for that for Wednesdays and those come out um, and there's short poems about, I don't know, stuff that I write about. And <laughs> I mean, that's what all of it is, stuff that you write about. And then you can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Letters from the Road Pod. And you can send us an email at letters in the road pod at gmail.com. Please do. We love hearing from you. We do. Let us know if you want us to read something on the cast. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Love we love that. reading listener letters, um, hearing what you guys are up to as the summer draws to a close. Uh, let us know what has been great for you. Yeah. Or challenging. Yeah, challenging or if indeed. Do you have any good or creative ways to help out with things like Maui and other things? Um, we'd love to hear it. As always, thanks for being with us on this journey. Yeah, we love having you here. Until next time, friends, we'll see you down the road. Bye.